I do all sorts of fun shows and gold jackets and spaceman outfits to get kids excited about gardening. But do I really want that to be my legacy from my career? Probably not. Welcome to The Underground, the podcast for garden sector professionals, where we discover the trailblazers and innovators who are shaping the future of garden care in the UK. From plants to products, wildlife and the environment, we'll dig deep to bring you the inside story. So without further ado, let's get down and dirty. On today's show, we're delighted to welcome presenter, author, podcaster and campaigner Lee Connolly, aka the Skinny Jean Gardener. Lee is acknowledged as the UK's leading children's gardening educator, with appearances on Blue Peter, BBC Teach, Radio One, as well as numerous other TV appearances. With an infectious energy and enthusiasm, encouraging kids to learn the joys of gardening, I think we're in for a real treat. Lee. Welcome to the Underground. Hey, how are you both doing? I'm, thanks for having me on as well. I really appreciate it. It's nice to be here. Oh, no, thank you for coming on with us. It's great. So, Lee, can you just tell us a bit about how you got into gardening? Yeah, I, I see, the thing is, I do children's gardens. So a lot of people think, oh, you must have gardened with your parents when you were younger. You must have done it with your granddad. And to be honest with you, I never, as a child, got into gardening. It was when I was 24 years old. Uh, my brother got an allotment. Fantastic. Um, because we hadn't seen each other for quite some time because I moved out of my mum and dad's house to move in with my now wife and uh, we missed each other. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> we don't miss each other as much. Uh, <laughs> now we've uh, gardened together. But we uh, we just wanted something where we could come together and both had no knowledge of it. And because we didn't do it when we were younger, it was like the perfect thing to sort of get into and learn together. Uh, we like tried to be in like a crazy golf team together <laughs> and uh, into a band, but we both didn't really have the skills for that. So, uh, so yeah, so it was a nice thing to come together and learn and, and be able to talk about really. So that, that was uh, the thing we started. That's brilliant. Excellent. That's such a great, that's so cool that somebody of 24 and their brother get on allotment with no kind of, no experience or anything like that. You know, there are so many other things you could have ended up doing. And wow, what a story. <laughs> I know, right? Like, well, I remember when we first went there and it was just full of cooch grass. Well, I never heard of cooch grass before. And someone offered me a rotavator to, uh, to sort out the plot. Another plot holder as well. So they were stitching me up instantly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we rotavated it all oh, in. Oh, no. And thought, oh, wow. Beautiful, looks lovely. And then learn that obviously you definitely should not do that. <laughs> well, I apologise to that plot holder that ended up getting that plot after me. Nightmare. Brilliant. How on earth did you go from having an allotment to then becoming the awards winning number one uh, children gardening educator that you are now? Because that is a big leap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is, isn't it? Like I used to be an electrician when I, when I was uh, 24, when I started gardening, I was an electrician. And so in the weekends, I was down the allotment with my brother and my friends came down in the week and the evenings. And like I said, we built this community up together. Uh, And very slowly, we started to get, it was like the start of social media. Social media had been around for a while, right? But Mm -hmm. people weren't using it as much as we do now. 
And so we started to put pictures up and ask people on there how to grow stuff. And uh, Jimmy Doherty, who is in Suffolk, just up the road from us, has a farm. Um, I always call him Jamie Oliver's mate. This is oh, yeah. Jimmy's farm, isn't it? Jimmy's farm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, he messaged us on social media, said, uh, I've got a patch on my farm. I'd like to turn back into an allotment. Um, and it was, we were like, yeah, wicked. We'll come and have a look at it. Went down there and it was massive. Like, honestly, it was so big. Uh, it was. It used to be an old cow paddock. They turned it into allotment and then it just got too much and got overgrown. And the weeds were about oh, two times uh, my height. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. Um, but when uh, Jimmy asked you to do something, we were like, oh, wow, like, this is amazing. So we actually started uh, an allotment there. It took us weeks and weeks to get rid of the weeds. And then we started having visitors come down. And uh, from that point, uh, we'd only been uh, growing our own for mm-hmm. about a year, maybe. And we were all of a sudden known as the experts on Jimmy's <laughs> farm. I don't know how that happened. We spent a year weeding. <laughs> but so we had people come down, visitors, and they were like asking us questions about how to grow stuff. And we were like, well, we're actually, this is the start of our journey. And you know how gardeners, some gardeners, I'm going to say it, older gardeners <laughs> like to try and tr- trick you yeah. <laughs> and tr- trip you up, right? Oh, yeah. They came to try and trip us up and they didn't realise what they were in for because we didn't have a clue <laughs> what we were doing. So we were getting information from them. It was a beautiful learning curve. And then we started working with Jamie Oliver, which was amazing. And then we ended up on Blue Peter, which is just wild to think that a programme I used to watch when I was just a kid, I'm actually now on it being the Blue Peter Gardener. Um, and it's one of those things where I love I love it because uh, when I was that age, I was quite a shy person. I didn't really talk to people. I couldn't even answer the phone. I was too scared wow. of who it would be. And uh, gardening basically brought me out of my shower a little bit and made me more confident. And and I got to speak to people and uh, communicated a lot better than uh, I did back then. And so that's why I loved it so much. The TV and media was never a thing that I ever ever thought I'd want to get into. Um, Blue Peter threw me into like children's gardening and then I had my daughter and that's when I really, that that uh, that spark in my my mind was like, I love this so much. Like, I get to spend time with my daughter out in the garden, like making memories. Like she's eight years old now mm-hmm. and made some of the most amazing memories out in the garden. Oh, it's fantastic. Honestly, it's so, and that's, and that's why then I turned it into a, a career because I could get to spend time with her, get to go into schools, get to see uh, kids' look, eyes light up when they get outside and hold worms and grow plants. And it's just magical to be part of that whole experience. And um, and yeah, and now I'm, I'm here being the UK's leading. So it's cool. I, I love it so much. It's brilliant, isn't it? What a great journey you've had. So apart from obviously making memories, being together, what do you see are the benefits of gardening for children? Uh, there's, there's, there's so many. I always lock onto the memory side because I think it's important for uh, parents to connect, especially as we talked about technology and and social media. And as a parent, I know that it's really easy to pick up the phone and be swiping through yeah. absolute rubbish uh, and and just forget where the, the the place you're in. So memories is a big thing for me. Being outside, away from technology, uh, in the garden growing things i think that's a big thing um that parents can learn from it 
But uh, there's obviously physical uh, health, which is really improved by being outside for, for children. You know, children don't go outside as, as much as they used to. I remember when I used to be a kid outside, skating, climbing trick, getting stuck up trees generally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just all being outside all the time. Now, and I know this, I have an eight-year-old now, uh, and all these games and the struggle oh, yeah. getting kids away from technology, right? It doesn't happen. Kids don't get outside as much as, as they used to. And so their physical health improves if they're outside doing something in the garden. And, and mental health as well. I think we're still not properly seeing the effects of what happened back in 2020 yeah. with children uh, and within schools. We've not seen those effects quite, quite yet still, I think. So uh, I think that uh, gardening and growing plants uh, can also really help with that. And also patience is another thing. So I've got about a, thousand, a list of a thousand here. No, no. <laughs> patience, great one. I love this because when I first started gardening, Everyone was like, yeah, cool, like gardening's cool. How can we make it fast and quick? Garden's never going to be quick. And that's, that is the beauty of it. When I can order something on the internet, I actually ordered something. I ordered a diary this morning, and it said it's going to be with me by 10 o'clock tonight. Wow. When we can order something and literally it comes instantly, uh, that is we need to be able to teach that, that things take time, but there's patience with children uh, needs to be taught. Bit like my career, right? It takes time. I want to be Monty Don on the first day of gardening. <laughs> Why are they not putting me on Gardener's World? But it's patience. Things take a lot of time to 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 grow in the garden and and in life. So that's a really yeah. big uh, lesson from from gardening. Oh, I think that's great. Um, so you're known for being on a mission to get gardening into schools. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, this is. Uh, a bit of a passion of mine now. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and they're like, why do you do it? And the biggest thing for me, like I said, is when I was younger, I didn't do any gardening at school or at home. And in fact, we had a, like a little uh, pond, like a little uh, pond dipping area at our school, a dirty little pond in the corner. We used to go pond dipping and that was about as much outdoor activity we used to do at school. And now... um there's schools that do amazing things as I visit them. Mm-hmm. They, they've got massive allotments. I went to one with yeah. goats and sheep, and it was like going to a farm park. I was looking for a place <laughs> to pay, to be honest with you. And then you've got schools that don't do a lot or just have like tarmac playgrounds. Yeah. Can't get out there and do enough. And the biggest things with schools is they're a bit of the epicenter of gardening, I see them as, because so many uh, children either live in flats or don't have a garden or just have a little balcony and don't have space. We've got parents that obviously we're, we're out working nine till five and then we're getting back, we're doing homework, we're giving tea. See, that when are we supposed to, um, parents really, try and get outside? We've got busy lives now, yeah? But I see schools as the place where we can start this off uh, and start this little adventure for children in the garden garden off so for the past three years i think it was basically in 2020 i did a, a school gardening tour we got ten thousand children gardening i uh, i was like on the back of a pickup truck like throwing seeds out like the gardening <laughs> jesus and um, and we were giving loads of products to schools and one thing i realized was there was no direction for teachers and there was no no real guidance for teachers to to bring it in it's easy to give products to schools but if the teachers don't know what to do with them then it doesn't work and 
So from that point, I realized that what we need to do really is make this part of education. And, uh, and for the last three years, we've been very slowly building that up, try and um, get that into the curriculum, basically, which is a big ask because I think when I first started 10 years ago, that was something that was being talked about. And, you know, I do all sorts of fun shows and gold jackets and spaceman outfits to get kids excited about gardening. <laughs> but yeah. do I really want that to be my legacy <laughs> from my career? <laughs> Probably not. Right? I don't want to be remembered just for the gold jacket. Um, so if I can do my bit to try and get that into the curriculum, however much we can do it and get more children growing their own food, um, then then that will be a success for me. So that's something that I've been working on for the last three years. So. Last year, I was like, so proud to go into the House of Lords, mm. give evidence for that. And uh, yeah, that was exciting to be able to do that. And that's really slowly built up more connections to in the right direction for it. So I should have had my uh, my guitar here and I wanted to sing this question to you. But has Rishi Sunak actually replied to your letter yet? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's still not. Can you believe it? <laughs> I know. Right? I yeah. This is this is the thing with government. This is I'm I'm not massive into politics at all. Um, mm -hmm. And very slowly from doing what I've been doing, I've sort of had to like look into it more and and delve into it. And one thing I've realised is speaking to politicians is difficult. And even when you do get to speak to them, uh, whether they actually listen to what you're saying or they just nod and to, to say yeah yeah it sounds good yeah it will happen yeah is it, slim. So it's a it's an uphill battle. This this whole curriculum thing. We're in a right old year of turbulence, aren't we? So I'm hoping that somehow we can get in there and actually make some sort of movement towards making it happen. But no, the answer is Rishi's not got that to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that um, the kind of public's perception? of kind of gardening and horticulture. I mean, I remember being really upset a few years ago and David Cameron kind of said to people, you know, you've got to study so you can get into university, otherwise you'll end up as a bin man or a gardener. So for me, you know, I'm a, I'm proudly call myself a horticulturist, you know, who gardens. I mean, I really do. And I just find sometimes their public perception, especially young kids and, and kind of almost school leavers, it just never even consider it as a career. So I think trying to change that perception is something that really, really needs to happen and that gardening isn't just for retired people with big gardens. Yeah. So I think what you're doing is a great start, isn't it? But it's, it's getting those seeds to grow and just feed into to secondary schools that's the thing right so because when i left school i didn't even know that gardening was even a career i didn't know horticulture was a thing. No, me neither right so uh, <laughs> and uh, i just thought it was like for, for like you say for people that um have retired and that's what they do yeah and uh, i think because i'm really like concentrating on primary schools more than anything i think if we start children off in primary school i always say in secondary school there's so many distractions and so much pressure that's that it's very difficult, I think, yeah. to get that into the curriculum there, in my own personal opinion. Primary school is much easier. But if we, yeah. like you said, plant that seed really early in a child's life, they'll go through secondary school, sure. But because they've got that gardening going on still at, either at home or they're bringing it into secondary school themselves, the hope is that we'll have a younger generation coming into the um, the industry uh, when they leave school, that that is the biggest thing I think uh, 
the most important thing we can get from it as an industry. Um, but uh, yeah, I think also media is a bit of a uh, a thing where uh, it shows gardens that are far too big and mm-hmm. uh, lavish and yeah, uh, and, and and kids can't connect with it. I think. I go into schools and people are like, oh, I can't, I can't do gardening because, um, because I haven't got a garden or I have, I've only got a small space. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. actually anyone can grow it. You've got a windowsill, you're good to go. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't think we concentrate on enough on that in media. I think that's media's fault of, of doing that. Yeah. We give so much coverage to like Chelsea and, and Stuff like that. Everyone's already talking about all oh, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Chelsea's great, right? Yep. I love going to Chelsea. I love walking around with a glass of champagne <laughs> in my hand. Like I'm, I'm all posh and all that. But actually, a child watching that for a whole week, yeah. if, if they do watch it on telly, it's just beyond them. It's like, well, I'm never going to have a garden like that. And, and and parents as well. I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. People say, um, well, I can never have a garden like that. Gardens take time. Yeah. Like I, I love my garden I've got, and it's still nowhere near uh, where I want it to be. But it takes time. It's again, we're going back to that patience thing, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It takes gardening takes time. TV makes things look like you can do it in a week. You can do it in a week. Yeah, you've got about thirty grand in your back pocket. Yeah, but, but it just doesn't happen in real life. No. And so it takes time, and I think that's something we need to sort of show more. I always talk about. Um, have you you've seen uh, Danny Clark's Instant Garden? Right. Yeah. You watch that program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that program. Yeah. Right, I don't think it's on anymore, but yeah. I love watching the repeat of it. And I watched it with my wife, and she goes like the end of yeah. the end shot of the garden. She's the like, reveal. I don't know, very impressive. I was like, yeah, because they've actually planted it up, so the plants have space to grow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas other shows. They pack the borders full of plants, make them look amazing. What they don't show you is they take about fifty percent of them away once the cameras disappear. Yeah, I mean, I used to work on those makeover shows, and we we would just chuck things in that you knew weren't going to look amazing. You know, a few months down the line, that's why you never do revisit shows with uh, gardening makeovers. <laughs> you never go it's back. Your fault, <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't go back. But um, I think that's one thing social media is really good at, though, because you've got you know the balcony gardeners and um, you know it's mainstream media that really hasn't caught on yet. I think, but um, like with yourself and lots of other YouTubers and Instagram, there are loads of inspiration out there. What you can do with a small space. So, you know, yeah. we've got to keep plugging that as well. Yeah, see, I love what, uh, looking at the cloud gardener. He's got like a, oh, a yes. brilliant, right? And But yeah. he shows yeah. it as well. And it looks yeah. absolutely terrible. He's like, well, it does look like this sometimes. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. It's the reality yeah. of it, isn't it? We're going to take a short break. But in the meantime, it's time for Kate's Corner, where we discover the musings and sage advice from the gardener guru. So, Kate. What have you got for us today? <laughs> well, Phil, uh, you know the expression, wake up and smell the coffee. Well, I want to uh, tell you to wake up and smell the shrubs ah. because January, February, March, it's often a miserable time. People don't want to get out there in the garden, but you are missing a trick because winter is the time when some of these shrubs pump out the most incredible scent. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're teeny tiny flowers, most of them, but 
because it's in the winter, there's not many insects around. They have to really push out that fragrance ah. in order to attract the few pollinators that are around. And the good news is a lot of them can be grown in pots. So you can pop them near the door, near your back door, in your kitchen garden, on your balcony, wherever. And go to go along to a garden centre, go along this weekend and have a look, see what shrubs there are. So there's ones, uh, the Daphnes. Okay. They're a little bit expensive but they are worth it. They're quite slow growing. And oh my goodness me, you think of the most expensive, beautiful designer perfume you can buy. Well, you triple that. Wow. And that's a Daphne. If you think of a summer jasmine, well, you can get a plant called the Christmas box, Sarcococca or sweet box. Okay. Teeny tiny little white flowers, but oh my goodness, it is just incredible. So there are many winter scented shrubs out there. Go along to a, a garden that's open, that specialises in winter planting. Go to a garden centre. So scent in the garden isn't all about your lavenders and your jasmines. It's about your, your winter flowering honeysuckles, your daphnes, your sarcococcus and your mahonias. So, yeah, really get out there and enjoy. Take a big, big sniff. <laughs> oh, fantastic. We'll do that. And back to the show. What can businesses, and I'm thinking maybe garden centres or nurseries or even garden product manufacturers, be doing to help encourage young people into the garden? Um, that's a really good question. I, th I think especially garden centres is building community, right? So if you really look at it uh, business-wise, by bringing in families and children, you're actually securing the future of your business as a garden centre because you're building a connection and a story with children, which when they're old enough to start going buying plants, that will connect them to the garden centre yep. rather than maybe going to some of the big sheds uh, to go and buy stuff with their paint. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I think for gardens, I, I'm a massive fan of garden centres. I think they're, you know, we've got one just down the road from us and I've got like that connection because my parents love going there for cream teas. There's a story there somewhere. <laughs> but I now go and get my plants from there because I know they're great plants, they're great people and you get really good information from them as well. And I think for children to be part of that um that like community of garden, if we concentrate on garden centers, then by uh, having like family days, by having like uh, kids gardening yeah. activities, there's some that do gardening clubs. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think that's really a really positive way of of bringing that together and and following on that story. But like brands, I don't know. It's the same sort of thing. I've, at the end of the day, it's all about story, isn't it? Like if there's like a story to something where then there's a connection of of people so it's a tough one isn't it because it depends what the brand's selling as well yeah yeah if you're selling a lawnmower how are you supposed to connect with a kid that's a tough one i suppose compost though you can you know you, there can definitely be stories journeys you know so tomato planters then you could maybe make up a little tomato character and have a book and you know have little social media accounts where you chart your progress so just i think tapping into what's already there i think brands really need to kind of jump on board with that a bit more yeah that's really nice i'll tell you one thing that i, I will say about that kate right is I really, um, one thing that I really push, especially for children, is, you know, like gardening tools, for example. Mm -hmm. um, there's some amazing garden tools that I use, and they're 
they look like adult ones, but they're just a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. They're proper steel. They're proper good. They're like stainless steel ones, like, and they're strong. Yeah. But always with kids stuff, they chuck a load of colours on it and really kid. I think it's not a word. Kiddify it up. The <laughs> um, word. The word. Phil. Oh yeah, absolutely. A kid. They kiddify it up. <laughs> and uh and and the, the thing with children is and you and you'll know this by like just have, having a phone is they don't want the play phone they want the real thing yeah. and they want to be part of they want to feel like they're being treated uh and and uh are responsible for something from their parents so i think the biggest thing for me is like don't like make it like a too and also the what sometimes the, the the children's ones are, are rubbish useless like you put them into a sort of little stone oh, breaker yeah. right so we want to make yeah. the thing we, we want is that the children and and grown-ups as well they want success from anything they're using mm. right and so as soon as something fails it means that that person my, may stop garden name stop that garden and adventure so as if we get success there then that will continue there won't be a, a wall in the way i'd like those tools because i've got really tiny hands so for me it's like trying to get hold of tools that i can work with is a nightmare so i don't want to be you know using bright pink kiddie tools but that's about all that i can carry <laughs> <laughs> so i'd love yes. a proper professional kid size tools <laughs> So, Lee, you've got your own podcast. Uh, can you tell us some of the feedback that you're getting from that? Uh, yeah, I love. Do you know what I, I? I told you a bit of my story at the start about me and my brother, and then how we slowly come into media and stuff like that. And then he decided to leave, become a doctor, show off, right. and <laughs> <laughs> and that left me right. And so uh, I was going to quit. I wasn't going to do it anymore because, like I said, my confidence was not. Um, not very high at the time. Uh, and then I found the incredible world of podcasting. And this was back in like 2017, I think, and started my podcast. And I like to do something a little bit different. And it is all about children and parents growing. And it's become a lot more educational in that sense and, and aimed towards parents and children. But I've always wanted to do it in my own little style and a little bit, um, bit different. So I've got like tuned songs and uh, little uh, characters. I like to do characters. <laughs> I do voices. Oh, voice. yeah. <laughs> um, and voices as well. So, uh, yeah, I like to do it a little bit different. And I think, uh, you know, like your podcast, like it's nice to have things that are just a little bit more niche and and concentrating in different areas than, than the usual. Um, and, yeah, so that's why I love it so much. And I also try and make it as as short as possible for parents because – you know, we don't all have loads of time. It's nice to be. I love listening to podcasts like yours, and and pottering around the garden and and listening to them. But as parents, if you want to get information out to them, you want to be quick and snappy. Yeah. So we've re- only recently brought it down to about a twenty minute and trying to fit all the information into that small time, so I can do it over a cup of tea. But uh, but yeah, I love it because it, all, it connects me to so many people around the world. I never thought. I'd be hearing from people from like Australia and Canada, uh, America, and and all over the world. And uh, yeah, it's an incredible thing. I love it so much. It's such a good thing. So, you got an international tour planned now? 
I'd love that'd be so good, wouldn't it? Like, that'd be wicked. I'd love to be all over the, the world. Um, <laughs> my wife wouldn't like me being away for that long, but yeah, it's, 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 I think it's such a good medium for, for getting people interested because you can be doing anything, you could be washing up and listening to garden content. I constantly, I listen to so many different gardening podcasts while I'm typing away and doing work, pottering around outside. Um, and like I say, it connects you with so many different people. So, yeah. Brilliant. Great. Okay. I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Um, is there a garden gadget or a tool that you find you could not live without now? A garden gadget I couldn't live without. Wow. That is a question, isn't it? Do you know what? And this is not even a, this is not a ga- gadget at all, but recently, this is really boring, actually. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Uh, Your cred's going to go out the window now. <laughs> not even a, it's not even a gadget. It's just a water butt. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, but over the last few years, I've never really had like a water butt. And last year I got one and I was like, this has changed my, changed my life. That's fantastic. I've got one out the back. It means I haven't got to walk, I haven't got to walk up and down the garden anymore. I've got one out the front and I've got this Oh. It's not. It's not a garden gadget, but it's a jet washer, the battery-powered jet washer. Okay. Pop the pipe in the water butt. Wash my car out the front. Brilliant. Water <laughs> the front. Anything you don't have to, so I don't have to walk any further. I wish I had something better for that. I wish it was a better answer. But a water butt is. Um, if anyone's not got a water butt, this year is the year for it. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, it's great. Right? I talk to people. Go. Oh, I love my water butt, and they're like. Yeah, I think I might get one of them. It's like something that, no, like, that say normal people. I mean, people not in gardening <laughs> don't think about yeah. because it saves you water as well. Like, yeah. it's not. A, I bet you're going to have so many more better gadgets than that. That will be if you do like a, a, a wall of the best gadgets, like a tier wall. I'll be on the bottom forever. Like but, Top Gear, yeah, Top, top, top Gear, yeah, not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, a, do an underground podcast. Uh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> No, I, I think that's a great one because it is about sustainability. It's about, you know, the scarcity of water. But there are people, you know, you can get really fancy ones. Is yours just a plain green one or has it got a planter on the top? Is it shaped like a Greek urn? I mean, there's all sorts of things you can really get geeky yeah, yeah. There are some pretty fancy ones. They're also quite expensive. Yeah. So mine is just a standard, boring uh, uh, water butt. But my, oh, my friend, he's got my mate Richard. He's also a podcaster, actually. He's got like 30 water butts. What? Wow. That's amazing. I call him the water butt king. I think people get addicted to them. They really do. So. Well, I've got two at the moment, but I'm already eyeing up another one. <laughs> I know we're kind of still in winter time, um, but can you give us a top tip this weekend, which you could you know, do with your kids to get them out in the garden, something just a bit of fun? Yeah. My top tip is uh, bug hotels. Like I am loving bug hotels at the moment. <laughs> there is a there is a game called Go Find It. Have you heard of this? No. No. It's made by the Sensory Trust. So if you buy it, all the money goes to them. Okay. Um, but it's called Go Find It, and all it is is like a pack of cards that say "Find me something small" or "Find me something bumpy." <clears throat> and basically, you make a bug hotel out of. I make one out of a milk carton. You just get a like a big old uh, two-pinter milk carton or, or four-pinter up to you. Uh, you cut the front out of it. 
Yeah. And then basically what you do is you play this game called Go Find It. It means the kids can run outside, have a look for like the the the, the smallest thing or a stone or anything like that from these cards, turn yeah. into the game, and then they can fill their bug hotel up. Oh. And then it's perfect. And also because it's in the milk carton, it means you can pop it anywhere. So if you've just got a balcony, you can actually just pop it on the balcony or just outside the back door or anything like that. Makes it really simple. And it only lasts about half hour, which in this weather when it's cold is just about the limit, I think, for children and adults to be outside. That's brilliant. So something you could maybe go with the kids to the park if you haven't got a garden and uh, or just, you know, go at any open space and just have a bit of fun. A bit like an old fashioned scavenger hunt, really, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, you can make your own cards, but you don't have to buy them ones. But they make it... Uh, turn it into a bit yeah. of a game and uh, again it's come back to that memory side of things of kids remembering and saying oh I remember when we did that bug hotel like we were out down the local woodland and collecting bits and yeah it just makes it fun um, so yeah that's my biggest uh, biggest top tip for the winter thank you so much yeah no that's fantastic so Lee what's next for you next I am uh, I'm very, I'm, I tell you what, I'm really excited that this year I'm going to be a judge for the Jamie Oliver Good Food School oh, Awards. Brilliant. Which, uh, wow. Super excited to be part of it. So we're like concentrating on the sustainability award and how schools are uh, connecting their food that they're cooking up uh, for lunchtime and also growing it as well and trying to trying to do that within schools. So uh see so yeah, that's my next uh, thing I'm I'm on to this year and uh yeah it's good to be part of it so when when does that take place and where where's that that starts so uh schools can start applying uh february the i want to say february the 6th of this year they can start uh applying and then it closes in march and then we'll judge it in april and then the awards will go out okay. then so it's a really great thing it's just sort of highlighting uh the amazing you know, we know there's so many amazing schools doing stuff there's so many schools that want to do more and those sort of awards yeah. highlight what what is going on around the UK, and so that's I think that's really important. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Great. Well, we'll we'll keep look keep our eyes peeled for all of that happening. Yeah. And also, I'll tell you another thing that I'm literally <laughs> just come out is uh, talking about water butts. Here we go. I've just, <laughs> I've just done uh, a film about ripping up my front driveway. Okay turn it into Ooh. a wildlife and water saving garden because uh, someone 10 years ago, some absolute idiot uh, went and block paved the whole of the front of the, the garden. And that idiot was me. And, <laughs> um, uh, and I've hated it ever since. And the biggest thing I've, people always moan about when it's raining, it hammers it down. The road turns mm. into a river. And that is because we've all gone and concreted and tarmac the front of our gardens. So uh, we've just done a, a makeover. I've literally, I should have got you involved, Kate. We did a makeover show <laughs> of, um, <laughs> of how we can still keep uh, parking, but with plenty of planting. So, um, yeah. That's a whole nother podcast, I think, that one, the whole sustainability. I mean, there's been massive research done about how it's contributed to flooding, just paving over. So, yeah. yeah. I think, Phil, we yeah, need to great. do one of those. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Lee. Really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us today and uh, really wish you all the success with your campaign to try and get uh, uh, more young people uh, gardening and, and, and get it into onto the curriculum. I think it's a really fantastic thing and we really wish you all the best with that. And uh, to any manufacturers of tools out there, don't keep kiddifying the uh, – 
<laughs> the tools. Uh, they'll want uh, the kids want actual proper tools, which are just shaped and sized for their their teeny tiny hands, like Kate's. <laughs> and uh, can I just add also, uh, Rishi is is probably listening, I'm sure, but um, get on and reply to Lee ASAP. <laughs> yeah, like eleven. What is it? Like ten months is a long time to reply to a letter, isn't it? Come on, right. Oh, the rubbish engine, by the way. That's the end of it, is me going, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, good luck with it. Thanks for listening. Could I ask a small favour? Please take the time to follow and review us wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. It really does make a difference and will help others to find us too. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues or friends who you think would also enjoy listening. If you didn't enjoy it, how about sharing it with those colleagues who you want to annoy? To keep up to date with the latest happenings from the underground, head over to Facebook and join the discussion in the Underground Podcast Group or sign up to our email newsletter at theunderground.fm. We really do appreciate you listening, as without you, there would be no point to this podcast, and we want to hear from you. So if you have a topic or a question you'd like us to cover, drop us a line. Kate Turner, the Gardener Guru, is a horticulturalist, garden consultant, presenter, and influencer. To find out more, check out her website at gardenerguru.co.uk I'm Phil Wright, a founding partner of Wright O'Bara, a creative marketing agency specialising in the home and garden sectors. And for anyone bringing a new product to market, we've created a handy seven-step guide to take your product from zero to hero. Find out more at rightobara.com. Thanks for listening.